my worst enemy The flesh that's covering me Brings me down to my knees Welcome to Sermons in the Park a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to thank you all for joining me here. It's a pleasure to be able to be here with you each and every time I record an episode, whether it be on the Sunday sermons, uh, on the new camera, <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm still excited over that new camera. So if you don't check out the YouTube channel, definitely go watch the newest episode. Uh, we have the new camera, so, uh, all that's getting better. We're working on that one at a little bit at a time, getting things better over there. Kind of trying to get it up to snuff with what, uh, we have here on the podcast, you know, we're, Zoom products have been doing us really good. We're not sponsored by them, but if they were for answer me, offer me a sponsor for it, you know, in a, as to help improve the, the ministry, I would definitely take it. But <clears throat> that's neither here nor there. And yes, I still have a little bit of a cough. It's not bad. Uh, the, the the sniffles aren't as bad anymore. I'm not sneezing and got the runny nose or anything like that. But now. This is going to surprise a lot of people. You've you've already seen the title of the episode, so you know uh, what this one's about. And this will surprise some people because um, I know a few people who've watched, followed my ministry, uh, knew me before, and they know they knew my old stance on masonry, and which has changed because I, uh, you know, as I I've been, as I've been studying, you know, especially the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, the Muslims, and all these different religions. I also started to look more into Freemasonry. Now, before we get started, I want to say this. I know that I'm not the first person to discuss this topic, and I doubt I will be the last. Uh, Some of what I will say here to you today might be something that you have heard some other preacher say, or you might have read it in a book uh, or something like that. But um, what I say today, I pray that it might help someone who, you know, just wants to know more about Freemasonry, you know, from a proper Christian's perspective. And maybe it will help someone, a brother out there who, who might be caught uh, in this secret society to help them see their need to leave. I just to say this, I've always found it strange that there are so many of our brothers and sisters out there, Protestant and Catholic, I want to make sure that I point that out, who are dead set against being part of Masonry. <coughs> and and which brings to question if you're so dead set against it, why are you if you know the Bible, right, why do you refuse to stand against Masonry? You know, and I, by that I mean Freemasonry, right? I think, or I should say I hope, that the reason that you don't is because, you know, you're like I used to be. Uh, because you do not have much knowledge of Freemasonry. And because of that, you you don't see you don't see the inconsistencies between being a mason and a faithful christian otherwise maybe it's just you're overlooking the facts and you're not dealing with the problem scripturally because that would require uh whoever these people are to try to show their friend or loved one the ones that are involved in Freemasonry, you know, I, I think it's out of fear, right? That they feel that they might not be able to to get that the, that person to repent 
and denounce Freemasonry. And, you know, because Freemasonry is un, it's unfruitful. And, and since you can't get them to re- repent and denounce it, you're supposed to do what the Bible says, and that is refuse to have fellowship with them. There are several verses that you can go look at, and I'm not going to get into them today, but I'll, I will give you the scriptures. Ephesians 5.11, John chapter 9, you know, verse 11, you know, or, or I should say 2 John uh, verses 9 to 11. Second Chronicles chapter six verses fourteen to eighteen, and of course Titus chapter three verse ten. Now, if you followed sermons in the park long enough, you've heard me time and again tell you how I teach. You know, I teach things that you might not learn in church. You know, biblical things that are just not taught in church, and sadly. The subject we're touching on today is one of those. Most, let me say that, let me make sure I, I put that emphasis there. Most preachers will not touch on this one because they're afraid that they'll upset some members of their church. That's the same reason they don't teach some of the other things that I teach you here that are biblical. Sadly, so many churches today are worried about one thing, and that is the numbers. They worry that they will lose church members that they will do and and because of that they will do anything to build up that head count you've heard me talk about things here like the jehovah's witnesses the mormons islam i want to make sure that you realize i would never do something to misrepresent the teachings of any of these religions or these people at least um let me let me back up not at least not knowingly okay because that wouldn't benefit me at all, and it wouldn't benefit anyone, would it? It would do harm to me and them. But just like I did with those others, just like I did with the Mormons, just like I did with the Jehovah's Witnesses, just like I did with the Muslims, if I can use their own writings, in this case, of course, Freemasonry, if I can use that faithfully and truthfully to show why a Christian should not take part in that. Telling you what they believe, telling you what they teach, there's no way they can come and point a finger at me and accuse me of misrepresenting them. Right? I believe that I can do that. And I'm going to try. I believe that I can show any honest person how it is a sin to participate and secret societies. That's all of them, and not, not just masonry. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at that, right? If you are a mason, and what I'm about to say is a lie, tell me. Tell me how I'm lying. Because you see, Freemasonry is a religious organization. What it teaches its followers is that through masonry... They can be prepared for their, <coughs> sorry, their eternal reward in the heavens. Can you deny that? Now, I will give you some quotes here in a little bit. But first, I want to look at a Masonic funeral. Okay? I want to look at a Masonic funeral. I had to do a little bit of research. I had to uh, watch some very uncomfortable videos to be prepared for this one because it helped. It helped to convince me that a Christian should not be part of Masonry. It was because of the claims that, that, that were made by the deacon who conducted the services that I watched. Did you know that they had deacons in Mason, Freemasonry? I didn't. But apparently they do. And this lends to the idea that Freemasonry is a religion. The video that I watched uh, of this gentleman, who I will not name even though the video did, he was a Mason. And I saw where a Christian minister who, uh, who, who identified himself in the video as being the, 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 the 
minister of this this particular mason's sister he talked about how he would often ask this man to to come and join him in bible study and he said that the, that this man who you know who, whose funeral he was uh, conducting would answer i'm a mason i don't need that and this shows that masonry teaches them these things in the video, if, if, you, if, you, if you're able to find it by just using what I'm telling you, that's fine. If you can find it and watch it, this minister, he closes the ceremony, okay, and, and he, go, he leaves the tent. This is out at the, uh, the cemetery. And the Masons then take over. All of the Masons that were there, uh, they're wearing these crisp white aprons. And I know a little bit about Masons, so I knew that that, the, the white apron that represents purity. They also had on their little sprigs of evergreen, which of course symbolizes uh, everlasting life. They, they hold a little ritual there and they say that this man, who, uh, the, the, this brother that's being buried, he, is, he will enter into the celestial lodge above. This man, by, by all accounts that I heard in the video, uh, according to what I was listening to, had rejected the church. He rejected Jesus. And according to Masonry, what we heard right there at the end was he's now in heaven because he's a lodge member. This is an attempt to, to basically say that Jesus' sacrifice means absolutely nothing. I know many Masons uh, right, and and they will try to tell us that that masonry is not a religion. I've heard it time and again. Uh, then let me ask you this: Let's look at the writings of Albert Pike. Albert Pike was a mason, and in one of the one of the publications that he has called Morals and Dogma, uh, specifically if you if you go to page two hundred thirteen, he wrote this. Every Masonic Lodge is a temple of religion, and its teachings are instruction in religion. Now, the Bible makes it clear. As a Christian, you are already a child of the light. We read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 to 8, which read, But ye, brethren, are not in the darkness, that that day should, have, should overtake you as a thief, Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep shall that they that sleep sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. Jesus tells his disciples, that includes you and me, to be the light of the world, meaning that we are to light the way for others, just like a candlestick on a lampstand. Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under the bush, bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light to shine before men, that they may see, may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, think about that. Just, just think about that. Think about what Jesus said right there. Now, now I want you to imagine a Christian who goes and joins a Masonic Lodge. When you, when you join a Masonic Lodge, you are then inducted into what they call the first degree. And all of the ones that take place after that, you know, first, second, third, fourth, and all, so on and so forth. Now, as a Christian, you're told by Jesus you're the light of the world. While you're being inducted, you're admitting that you have been in darkness. As a Christian, you're saying that you have been in darkness and that, they, that you want to be brought into the light. 
Now, you know me. If you've listened long enough, you know that I read (laughs) a lot. Well, allow me to uh, go to my grandfather's copy of the Handbook of Masonry. That way we can can see for ourselves what you have to, quote-unquote, confess in your, quote-unquote, work on the first degree, which is what they call it. Right here in this, uh, what I'm going to be reading you is like a little script that's in here. It says, work on the first degree senior deacon. He asks, who comes here? And the junior deacon will respond, Reverend James Hunt, who has long been in darkness and now seeks to be brought to the light and to receive a part in the rights and benefits of this worshipful lodge erected to God and dedicated to the saints of John as all brothers and fellows have done before. And the senior deacon responds, Mr. Hunt, is this of your own free will and accord? And and Mr. Hunt would respond, it is. This is all on page 57, by the way, Um, just to let you know. Now, you see, as a faithful Christian, we should stand against masonry for the same reason, okay? And, and, And this should lead us to also be opposed to what's known as denominationalism, things like, you know, Protestant, Catholic, so on and so forth. Each one of these systems will lead to supplanting the true church of God. They offer these eternal rewards to people who are part of them. Freemasonry has an added distinction, though. They offer heaven without Christ, as well as, you know, that its followers do not have to be obedient to the gospel. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to read some, some more quotes from their own sources. Uh, this next one that I found is uh, an announcement of the death of a Mason. It was written by one of, the, one of his fellow lodge members. Uh, and he said this, and I quote, Once again, a brother Mason, having completed the designs written for him on life's trestle board, has passed through the portals of eternity and entered the Grand Lodge of the New Jerusalem and hath received as his reward the white stone with the new name written thereon. Did you notice, okay, if you followed me long enough, you know I've said this about Mormons and witnesses. They will use a a familiar-sounding word, right? Right here, we see the quote, that was promised by Jesus for people who will overcome, uh, which is found in Revelation 2.17. Now, by what we just read here, we can tell something. Without a doubt, they assure heaven to Masons who pass away. Years ago, uh, back before I was called into the ministry, uh, I was looking into joining Freemasonry, and I spoke with the you know the person they call the most worshipful master, the person who runs that lodge, and he told me something because see I asked him a lot of questions because I'm a curious person. He told me that you do not have to believe in Jesus to be a Mason, you do not have to believe in the God of Christianity, you just have to believe in a higher power. but let's concentrate on the fact that you do not have to believe in Jesus because you cannot please God the Father without first believing and obeying Jesus. Take a look at John chapter 14. We're going to read the first six verses, one through six. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now let's look at some more. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. And then go over to John. We're going to look at John chapter 8, verse 24. I said, Therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Now, let me say this, because I know several of you are like me. You know Masons. You know people who are Masons. I tell you, don't let them fool you. They have their own Savior, and his name is Hiram Abiff. And again, I'm using their own sources to tell you this. We're going to look at the Kentucky Monitor now. The Kentucky Monitor, page 15, and I quote, All antiquity believed in a future life to be attained by purification and trials in a state of successive states of reward and punishment and in a mediator and redeemer by whom the evil principle was to be overcome and the supreme deity reconciled to his creatures. The belief was general that he was to be born of a virgin and suffer a painful death. The Hindus called him Krishna. The Chinese, Kayonsa. The Persians, I'm going to butcher some of these names, Sosiosh, the Chaldeans, Dovnai, the Egyptians, Horus, Plato, Love, the Scandinavians, Balder, the Christians, Jesus. And right here, I'm going to put an emphasis on it, the Masons, Hiram. Now we're commanded in the Bible to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered. You can find that in Jude chapter 3. And also not to bid God speed to error in 2 John chapter 9, verse, or I'm sorry, 2 John verses 9 to 11. And to rebuke and exhort those who are in error, as well as have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, and 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 to 18. And because of these commands, we cannot take part in what is approved of by denominationalism or masonry. The Freemasons, they, they, they look at all of these various religions, Okay, And they say that these religions are equal to us in a spiritual sense. You know, like the, Mor- the, Mor- uh, the, well, yeah, the Mormons, the, the Muslims, the Hindus, the Buddhists, all of them. And again, I will read from their own sources. This time from that same book we read earlier, Morals and Dogma. We're gonna, this time we're going to look at page 226. Right there on page 226, it says this, Masonry around whose altars the Christian, the Hebrew, the Muslim, the Brahmin, the followers of Confucius and Zoroaster can assemble as brethren and unite in what? Read it right there. Prayer to the one God. Which God is that? Which God is that? I bet someone's watching this right now trying to say, but being a Mason does not interfere with my religion. And I say, yes, it does. Yes, yes, it does. You cannot please Jesus and embrace something that straight up rejects him. Brothers and sisters, there is no salvation outside of Jesus. Go look at Acts 4. Verses 1 to 12. Go look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, where Paul says this, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 3, verses 22 to 23 says, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. 
Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you, and it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Amen? That's speaking of Jesus Christ right there. And then look at John chapter 12, verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. But what does masonry teach, right? Let's look at some of their own teachings again. This time we're going to read the Masonic Manual of Alabama. We're going to look at uh, page 318 for this one. Right there we read this. God is equally present in the pious Hindu in the temple, the Jew in the synagogue, and the Mah. This is talking of a Muslim, but they they call him a Mohammedan in the mosque, in the Christian, in the church. But you see, if that's true, then explain to me why when Paul tried to convert the Jews that were alive in his day to, to follow Jesus, this was at Antioch uh, of Pisidia, we read that they rejected him. And they spoke out against the teachings of Paul. They, they contradicted him. They began to blaspheme. And what Paul said was this. Paul said that they had judged themselves unworthy of eternal life. Amen. That's over in Acts chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. Truth is truth. Truth has to be accepted. Anything other than the truth will not save you. And it will not please the Lord. Go read Second John 9. Go look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 30, which we will read that one. He that is not with me is against me, and he that g- gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. But yet when you read the Masonic texts, you'll see that they're told if they follow Hiram, they'll be translated. That's in the Alabama Manual, page 63, where it says, From this imperfect to that all-perfect, glorious and celestial lodge above, where the supreme architect of the universe presides. If you get to doing like I did, you'll start studying Freemasonry, there's one word that will pop up. And that word is Mahabom. Studying, you'll see that it's used many, many times. One of these times is in a ritual that they call the rising of a master mason. Now that word is meant to be worship, or should I say, whispered into the ear of the candidate. And, they, and he's told to never say it in any other way, which I just did. I was once talking to a friend of mine about how I know a lot of the secrets of masonry, how I, you know, I know the first handshake and several other secrets. And he laughed. He laughed at me until I said, Mahabon. He got real upset and he actually warned me I should never say that word, that, 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 that me saying that word can get me killed. Did, did, you, did you hear what I just told you? Look at that situation. If you're a Mason and you claim that you're a Christian, then you're a member of an organization that will threaten to kill someone who reveals one of their secrets. If you are a Mason and you claim that you're a Christian, I hope that you will understand what I'm saying right now and you will renounce Freemasonry for Christ. Let's talk about this threat of death in a Masonic oath, because there is. When you look at the work on the first degree, it goes something like this. And again, I'm going to be reading what's basically a script here that they're told to say, okay? It says, I am James Hunt of my own free will and accord in the presence of Almighty God and this worshipful lodge erected to him and dedicated to the saints John do hereby and hereon here the master, right here what will happen is the master will place his right hand on this candidate. 
most solemnly and sincerely promise and swear that I will always hail, ever conceal, and never reveal any of the secret arts, parts, or points of the hidden mysteries of of ancient Freemasonry, which have been here heretofore may at this time or shall at any point future period be communicated to me as such to any person or persons whomsoever except it be to a true and lawful brother of this degree or within a regularly constituted lodge of masons and neither unto him nor them until by strict trial due examination or legal information I shall have found him or them lawfully entitled to the same as I am myself. I furthermore promise and swear that I will not write, print, paint, stamp, stain, cut, carve, mark, nor engrave them, nor cause the same to be done upon anything movable or immovable, capable of receiving the least impression of a word, syllable, letter, or character, whereby the same may become legible or intelligible to any person under the canopy of heaven. All this I must solemnly and sincerely promise and swear with a firm and steadfast resolution to keep and perform the same without any equivocation, mental reservation, or secret invasion of mind whatever binding myself under a no less penalty than that of having my throat cut across, my tongue torn out by the roots and buried in the rough sands of the sea at low water mark, where the tide ebbs and flows twice in 24 hours, should I ever knowingly violate this, my solemn obligation of an entered apprentice mason, so help me God and keep me steadfast in the due performance of the same. In token of your sincerity, you will detach your hands and kiss the Bible. The deacons removes the candidate's hands and kisses the Bible. I just read you that entire thing. Now, I'm sure, right, that any modern Mason is going to tell you that they would never kill or hurt anyone over these things. But when we look into the past, what we'll find is that, yes, it has been done right here in the United States, as well as other countries. <clears throat> now we're going we're gonna to talk about one of these cases uh, that I read about that, that happened in the last decade. Because I, as I was studying, I, I came across this, uh, this, uh, pr- this preacher. Again, I'm not going to name him. Um, he was preaching on the radio and he was talking about the evils of masonry. He was talking about, you know, basically what I'm doing now, why a Christian should not take part in masonry and, and also why, you know, if you're involved in masonry, you should renounce it. You should speak out about it. You should repent of all involvement in masonry. And, and as he was, you know, while he was talking about all this, it came out that his uh, his wife actually started to receive phone calls where people were threatening the family if he did not stop opposing masonry. I also read where John Ankenberry he he spoke out of th- he spoke out about some threats on his life, as well as the life of his family and some of his staff by masons. You might go, oh, those were just empty threats. But when you go back to 1826, you'll read about William Morgan. William Morgan was actually at one point a leading Mason. And, and uh, he, he became convinced that it was you know, his duty to renounce Masonry, not only to renounce it, but to expose it. You know, it's expose its so-called secrets. And he actually started publishing books. And one of them I actually have. Uh, Freemasonry exposed, uh, you know, you can, you can order that on Amazon. Okay. Uh, he, he was actually murdered by the officials of the order. They drowned him in the Niagara river. Now you might be going, well, how do we know about this? Some of the men who took part in the murder late, you know, well, much later because of their guilty conscience, they confessed to it. When all of this came out, 
there was a public outcry. Thousands of people left masonry. They actually inscribed about this murder on his headstone, which is in Batvia, New York. You can go there and read it. And in fact, I will read. I will. Uh, I'll read his headstone here in a second. But I also read about more. Uh, more about it in uh, court records as well, which you can find online. His headstone actually says this. It says, "Sacred to the memory of William Morgan, a native of Virginia." a captain in the War of 1812, a respectable citizen of Batvia, and a martyr to the freedom of writing, printing, and speaking in truth. He was abducted from near this spot in the year 1826 by Freemasons and murdered for revealing the secrets of their order. The court records of Janice County and files of the Batvia Advocate kept in the recorder's office contain a history of the events that caused the erection of this monument. Um, If you want to read more about this case, I would recommend you go grab a copy of the Morgan Abduction. So you might be sitting there listening to this and saying, well, I'm a Christian and I'm a Mason. I just pay my dues. I don't go to the meetings. And I just want to say that's not enough. You need to renounce all your ties to it. You need to denounce masonry itself. Because if not, you're still a part of it. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove it. Right there it says it. It doesn't say don't fellowship with them. It says reprove them. Okay, and then in 2 Corinthians 6.17, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. It says what? Come out from among them. I've also read where some people who are Masons will, will learn that you cannot be a faithful Christian and a Mason. But they're afraid to renounce it. I tell you this. You're afraid to renounce masonry? Read Matthew chapter 10 verse 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So let's talk about this because, uh, you know, you can find Masonic Bibles all the time. What is the attitude of Freemasonry with the Bible? In Masonry, you'll find that Albert Pike, Albert Pike is a, he was a big, big Mason. (coughs) He held the Bible on the same level as the writings of people like Plato and Philo. If you can get your hands on a copy of Morals and Dogma, you'll find a number of quotes about this. You might go, okay, so what? Don't you see that that holding it on the same level as those books denies the fact that the Bible is the inspired, perfect revelation of God? Look at 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. What you'll read there is this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 to 13, we read this, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known they would have crucified, well, I'm sorry, would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man? save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things are also, I'm sorry, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And then over in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 9, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or any angel from heaven preacheth any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. And then over in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, According as he, his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And then look over at John chapter 16, verses 12 to 13. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he, sa he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So to so this has been a long episode of the podcast, I know. So we're gonna summarize a little bit right here, okay? Because this is this one's going on quite long. Let's look at some of the reasons that I have given you as to why a Christian should oppose Freemasonry, okay? First off, we have the Masonic Lodge itself. Contrary to what any Mason will try to say. It is a religious institution. It's open to, to many different religious purposes, okay? Secondly, masonry has a redeemer of its own, and his name is Hiram Abiff. Thirdly, the lodge, it does indeed promise. It promises to uphold the beauties of God's truth, and they promise salvation without the shedding of Jesus' blood. They, they make Jesus's sacrifice pointless right fourth the masonic lodge teaches if you're not a mason you're in darkness you must come to the lodge in order to seek a what they call the new birth fifth masonry has a it has its own common altar right and it, it's it's in the it's in this shrine that the Christian can go and kneel down beside the Jew, the Muslim, the Persian, the Buddhist, the whatever. Sixth, the, Mace, the Masonic Lodge promises all good Masons, you know, will, will, they, they'll get to arrive into the great Masonic Lodge in the sky. <laughs> okay. <coughs> uh, seventh, we have the... For, Let's look at this. For a group that is not a religion, isn't it odd that the Masonic handbooks are filled with prayers and none of these prayers mention Jesus at all? Eight, no matter how you look at it, the truth is Masonry is paganism. It is idolatry. Masons demand belief in a God. It's just not the God of the Bible. You know what they call him? Balaam. Doesn't that name sound familiar? We know him in the Bible as Baal. Number nine, in Masonry, they demand that anyone who comes into the order has to swear an oath. An oath that, in my opinion, and I'm sure the opinion of many people, no man should take. An oath that, that supports their the, the, the lodge's right to kill you if you reveal their secrets. Number 10, masonry stands against the religion of Jesus and the church that was planned by God because they offer heaven to any, any of their followers, you know, and you don't have to believe in God or Jesus. 
Number 11, masonry, it deceives its members. It withholds some of what the truth is that they say they have. Number 12, masonry refers to all those who believe, all anyone who believes in Jesus as a Christian. They say the Christian church needs the Knights Templar. Again, that comes from one of their own sources. Boyd Hopkins, Most Wonderful Grandmaster, North Carolina Knights Templar, Volume 3, Number 9, on September of 1984. But again, I tell you, go read Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, which says this, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, let's look at number 13 here I have. Masonry, it gives titles to its leaders. Titles that are unlawful for any man to have. Things like most worshipful master, but only God is the object of our worship and devotion. The Lord forbids titles that exalt man. You can read that in Matthew chapter 23. Masonry claims that it's greater than the church. Number 15, Masonry denies that the Bible alone is the inspired word and infallible revelation of God. That, it, that it's insufficient for all men of all times when the Bible is. The Bible is sufficient for all men at all times. It is the infallible revelation of God. Now, the one thing that got me as I was studying was that, that masonry teaches only masons will be saved eternally. That's right. Number 17, masonry teaches evolution regarding origins but well we've said that time and again here that's not true we know that because of what genesis 1 1 says right masonry teaches a works-based salvation we can see that if you go look at the lightfoot's manual page 17 but again i tell you go read your bible Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And how about Titus chapter 3, verse 5? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of, of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You see, Masonry bids Godspeed to most all false religions. It, it, it requires belief in a uh, supreme being, though, doesn't it? Like I said, not the God of the Bible, but any a higher power. Masonry is a good example. <laughs> I wrote this right here in my notes. <coughs> Masonry is a good example of the blind leading the blind and both of them falling into a pit. In closing of this episode, uh, I want to read the cl- just a little bit something different, right? I usually don't do this, but I'm going to close by reading uh, uh, something that I found in a book. Normal, uh, Normal Gibson, in his book, Opposing Freemasonry, he ended it with what I'm going to say here because I think it's some good advice, some good advice that we all need to heed as we... As Philippians one twenty seven says, stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving for the faith of the gospel. Uh, Normal Gibson wrote this. He said, Masonry being error should be opposed as any other error. Although it is not the only thing wrong, it is wrong. Brethren who are partaking of its evil should be admonished and thoroughly taught. When occasion indicates, we should speak plainly about the matter in a public way, though I would not recommend that this become a hobby any more than opposing any other evil. We should use all kindness and love which we are capable, but we must stand firm for the truth. And may the glory be given to the Lord in the church by 
Christ Jesus throughout all ages as we echo the prayer of the Apostle Paul. With all this before us, I plead with my brethren in Christ, if ye have gone into lodges, leave them at once. Be content to be a Christian. Do not rob God of his rightful glory and honor by giving it to men. Do not blaspheme the word of God by fellowshipping those who revile Christ. Do not retract from the glory of the church, the divine institution, by bowing at an altar other than the one we have a right to. I say again, be a Christian. No man in truth can be more. Do not consider me or any other who attempts to teach you and your Masonic friends the error of evils of that organization. We do not oppose all of the good things Masons do, but the end does not justify the means. You can do all the things that are admirable about Masonry as simply as only a Christian, and people will glorify your Father in heaven. If done as a Mason, the Lodge and Masonry in general receives the glory of man. Now, if you've listened to this, and you decide to go and study it further, um, just do it with, with, you know, with prayer in your heart. And, you know, if you ever want to just sit and talk with me about it, I'm, I'm more than open to that. I want to thank you for listening today. I pray that God be with you and, uh, while, you, while you're studying or while you're continuously listening. Uh, I pray he's with you throughout your day. I pray that you know you learned something here today you know um so thank you all may god bless you and keep you and i'll see you all soon god bless you and i love you you have been listening to sermons in the park with reverend jamie mccaskill be sure to follow us on youtube BitChute, and rumble and as always thank you for listening there's joy for the morning sinner be still Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal.